there is a particular moment within the conversation that Joe Rogan was having with Jordan Peterson on the recent appearance that Dr. Peterson made on the Joe Rogan experience at the two hour and 23 minute mark. And that particular moment, if you'll excuse me, I may be reading off of a, a paper here, is when Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan discuss studies that are being conducted at John Hopkins University, I also believe at Harvard University and a few other institutions having to do with psychedelics. Now, again, psychedelics are still considered to be generally fringe, although it's being more and more opened into the mainstream media society of things. However, or excuse me, rather into the mainstream of society of things. However, there's an instance where Mr. Peters, Dr. Peterson says every single subject that every single major institution studied with respect to those that took very, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, hard or strong psychedelics, they made a consistent statement, each and every one of them, regardless of gender, age, you name it, when returning from those psychedelic experiences, and what were they? Essentially, these subjects were saying, voluntary subjects, not forced into anything, saying, when they were on this psychedelic experience, okay, they encountered not only humans and other, you know, interesting beings, if you will, but beings in which they would refer to as extraterrestrial or alien. And then when these doctors would sit with the subjects after their psychedelic experience was over, they would say, hold on a second. You mean like you may have been dreaming? What kind of state were you in? Every single test subject and individual said, you don't get it. That experience I had in that realm, if you want to call it, was more real and felt more intimate and real than anything I've ever experienced here. What the heck does that mean, folks? What does that imply? Does that imply that we are under some type of extremely dense vibrational mind control grid system, if you want to call it that? I'm not saying the Saturn moon matrix. It's not for me to say what we are or are not under. But again, it just goes to show the key point in which there is some type of vicinity that we can reach, whether spiritually or otherwise, that will allow us to get to a point where things feel more real than what you and I are doing right now. With that being said, welcome back, folks. Thank you so much for letting me take a few days off for a little bit of a break. I will be covering on the Patreon in the next handful of hours, uh, implemented into the upcoming members-only episode on Patreon, what happened to me, what I went through. It, it's either I'm hallucinating or I had some very, very um, in, unexplainable but blissful paranormal experience that, in a way, I just needed a, a couple of days to sort of realign myself, if you will. With that being said, we do have a Patreon. As I just mentioned, it does help support the show patreon.com slash generation z but let's get right into it report 13 aligning the arecibo message to cubes of graphene but graphene is in quotes and in brackets the chimera group so let's break this down very fundamentally very strongly here so what is first and foremost i'll just gonna i'm just going to minimize my face here excuse me what is report 13 so according to ufo.fandom.com and you can look at many other sources as well but nothing particularly mainstream will provide you with this but Report 13 was obtained by RAF Chicksands between 1974 and June 1977 during the Falcon, the Falcon and Snowman Affair. All right, take a look at this. During the Falcon and Snowman Affair, RAF Chicksands operated a listening post under Project Elephant Cage, intercepting radio transmissions from Soviet bloc nations. Of course, as you could probably imagine at this point, folks, this was the time of the Cold War. They produced transcripts, had them translated from Russian to English, and were analyzed for threat assessments. Today, Chicksands is home of the, of the Defense Intelligence and Security Center, or DISC, and headquarters of the Intelligence Corps. All right. In 1972, 
two, five months after the Watergate complete uh, complex break-in about, you know, the whole Richard Nixon Watergate issue there, Richard Helms, director of Central Intelligence, DCI, met with President Rich Richard Nixon at Camp David on November 20th. During that meeting, Helms was offered the position of U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union. Considering his career in intelligence, Helms remembered commenting to Nixon, I'm not sure how the Russians might inter uh, interpret my being sent across the lines as an ambassador, end quote. Here's the interesting thing, however. Ambassador to what? So let's take a look. Enter Report 13, annotated version. The original 624-page report has since been destroyed. RAF Chicksands personnel had only seen and reviewed a brief annotated version of Report 13 no later than June 1977. The comment was made, and I quote, must stress at this point that the version seen was annotated. There were inserts that were added to this copy after it had been initially printed. On the cover page, in upper left-hand corner was the word annotated. All right, end quote. This is exactly what we're looking at here with respect to Report 13. It is this right here, folks. Let's zoom in very quickly. About midway through the report came a section which dealt specifically with photographs. Each photo was labeled an appendix to certain reports. A number of photos in there dealt with a recovery program of some type that took place in the southwestern part of the United States. They did not give a location name, but they did give grid coordinates for that area. There's no clear indication to exactly where it was. The photos dealt with special teams that were called in to recover a crashed UFO. It also dealt with alien bodies and autopsy reports, autopsy type photographs, high quality color, 8x10 and 5x7. I imagine describing the dimensions of the photographs relative to the UFOs and the pictures that were taken. Interestingly enough, end quote, does this not remind us and help us substantiate that of Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone who said there are teams sent out to recover these craft and these bodies? We see here, look, the photos dealt with special teams that were called in to recover a crashed UFO. This was in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken, right? Would this not be prime time for the National Reconnaissance Organization to be totally off the books, allegedly? And as well as the NSA being called no such agency until roughly that time. Interestingly enough, the Department of Energy was also founded in 19, officially in 1977. Although we know that they were doing things far prior to that with respect to, you know, the uh, atom bomb, the Manhattan Project, you name it. Okay. Interestingly enough, though, take a look at how all of this seems to revolve between the 1972-1977 time frame. Now, let's take a look at what the Arecibo message is. Okay. We have to break all these down before we get into the real uh, nitty gritty stuff of it. Okay. The original, this is according to NAIC.edu, the original Arecibo message was designed by Dr. Frank Drake with the help of Dr. Carl Sagan and the Arecibo Observatory staff previously named NAIC, the Nastro, uh, National Astronomy and Ionosphere Center. Keep in mind, by the way, folks, and was sent out on November 16th, 1974, characterizing the most powerful broadcast ever beamed into the deep space at that time, end quote. Just this paragraph alone, let me just make sure my face is in the corner. There we go. So you folks can see this. We can literally interpret some of this, what we would refer to as open source data, as giving us signs to lead us in a particular direction in a good way. What do I mean by that? We'll take a look at this. With the help of Dr. Carl Sagan, oh, you mean the same Carl Sagan? Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but the one that went to NORAD asked for everything that NORAD had. For those who don't know what NORAD is, it's a, a basically they're responsible for defending, uh, I believe it stands for North American Air Defense, all of North America's, you know, coastal lines, airspace, you name it. Interestingly enough, Carl Sagan went to NORAD. It's also the same place in which the Star Wars program under the Reagan administration was, was uh, manifested and founded. But he goes to NORAD, Mr. Sagan, and says to one of the soldiers there, I want everything you have on UFOs. The soldier says, we don't have anything. 
Mr. Sagan goes, what? And this is, by the way, I believe in the 1980s, if not the 1990s, when people were seeing UFOs, not nearly as much as today, but of course people were seeing them. And Mr. Sagan goes, what are you talking about? He says to the soldier. I, I'm not, please don't, I'm not uh, quoting Mr. Sagan directly, but he essentially said, people see them all the time. You don't have anything. What do you mean you don't have anything on UFOs? The soldier then responds and says, no, 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 they're UCTs. Unidentified correlate or uncorrelating targets. And then Mr. Sagan goes to the soldier, well, how many of those every week do you get? And it was in the thousands, many, many thousands. Some even say in the tens of thousands. Not only that, but we see here, by the way, that this was the... Um, Arecibo Observatory, previously named the National Astronomy and Ionosphere Center. What's with ionospheres? Constant ionospheres of, you know, ionizing air pockets that alleged extraterrestrials use in their bases, as many veterans and whistleblower accounts have reported. What's with that? Truly. Again, this is what I mean by just looking at this one little paragraph and we can make so much out of it. And I'm not trying to say make things up. I'm saying look at the obfuscated data within that of this paragraph that is already hinting us towards a particular set of directions. I'm not saying a, a set of correct directions, but leading us down a particular path. Now let's carry on. In the 1974 transmission, a set of ones and zeros were combined into the famous 1679 bit picture representing a message from Earth to our possible extraterrestrial neighbors telling them our address in the solar system and a little bit of our nature. The Arecibo message was sent in the direction of the globu uh, globular star cluster M13 in the Hercules constellation, hoping to be heard by any kind of intelligent civilization living in the edge of the Milky Way. Okay. All right. At the time, there was no knowledge about exoplanetary systems and no debate about the possible risks of interstellar messaging. Okay. But as we carry on, there was a return. In binary, we see here, this is exactly what the message translated to. Could this have been the source of some type of intelligent life? We don't know, ultimately, right? Now, what we see here, again, is the actual page and report from the Arecibo message, the staff at the National Astronomy and Ionosphere Center. All right, major improvements have been made, which permit the generation of a radio transmission beam of unprecedented strength. Oh, how convenient, right? Not only that, but we see this, that... A schematic representation of the Arecibo Observatory and a description of its dimensions received June 16, 1975 was available online from October 26, 2002 through Cornell University Library. Again, 1975. Why? Again, and we see over here on November 16, 1974, they transmitted the message. Why is it? that it all takes place within the mid-70s leading up to that of the official founding of the Department of Energy in 1977. Okay, I may be on a wrong path or I may not be, but let's take a look here. Take a look. The message consists of a 1679-bit picture portraying a counting scheme, five biological significant atoms, H-C-O-N and P, the genetic structure of the four uh, purines and pure pyramidine, excuse me, bases of DNA, a schematic of the DNA double helix with an order of magnitude estimate of the number of base pairs, a representation of a human being and his or her uh, dimensions, all right, a depiction of the solar system with an indication that human beings inhabit the third planet and an estimate of the human population of Earth, all right, and finally, of course, the schematic representation. So we see here, there was some type of message uh, very uh, strongly sent out, and then there was a message very strongly received. But ultimately, there was a major cover-up as to whether or not what was, you know, what was received was legitimate, as to what was received was intelligent, accurate, you name it. And that's very interesting, right? Because we see here, for example, for humans to send out a message in this particular form or regard, that there may be a way in which a message could be sent back, which could 
subscribe to that of, again, the 2002 Crabwood incidents. Because if we see right over here, again, October 2002, through Cornell University, all of these, uh, the information pertaining to the Arecibo message was in fact made public for anyone willing to to want to take a look. Let's take a look at the 2002 Crabwood crop circle. Crabwood. And the, the message translates to this one right over here. Beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. Much pain, but still time. This was a crop circle that has yet, even to this very day, to be debunked with respects to who made it, how it was made, you name it. And there's binary code within this particular circle here. It seems as though whatever was sending this message, the Galactic Federation, you name it, was trying to warn of a particular faction of what seemed to be the Zeta Reticulans or a handful of greys, if you want to call it that. But let's jump to the Chimera group, because of course in the title we have, again, the cubes of graphene and then in brackets the Chimera group. So let's take a look. The... Chimera Group, all right, works under, uh, uh, excuse me, there are 10 secret groups that work under the control of the Chimera Group, and I'll explain what they are and who they are shortly. The Freemasons, the Illuminati, Skull and Bones, the Sons of Liberty, the Thule Society, the same, the same society that allegedly, you know, brought in the real society with Hitler and all that, the Knights of the Golden Circle, the Black Hand, the Hashashin, or the Order of the Assassins, the Bilderberg Group, and the Ordo Templi Orientis. Now, before I go on, I just want to say very strongly, the Bilderberg Group makes sense relative to a public episode we did a few weeks back and continued on on Patreon in the members episode, um, members-only episodes, where we talked about how FOIA requests are showing many individuals, even these FOIA requests are redacted, which they shouldn't even be, because that's the whole point by definition, Freedom of Information Act. But anyways, they're redacted, but just enough of that is shown in which there's an individual saying, I need you to get this chip out. Out of me speaking with Department of Justice individuals as well as folks from NORAD and the NSA right an ex-government employee I don't want to get any more specific than that but essentially saying I know that a lot of our leaders are chipped whether they like it or not whether they know it or not but there's a chip that need, that I know the NSA can get out of me but they're not doing it this email was FOIA'd and all of that and it's very very interesting to see which also connects directly to the individuals of the Bilderberg group however let's take a look at the excuse me the Chimera group so let's take a look there's a very secret negative group, codenamed Chi uh, Chimera Group, within the negative military. And when we say negative military, I don't want to put specific labels on them, folks. We're talking about the negative factions within the government of Majestic 12, Zodiac, that really wanted this ET tech to be suppressed and continue the mind control system of the planet in a much larger way that, you know, Jacques Vallée even says uh, very quickly right over here. Human beings are under the control of a strange force that bends them in absurd ways, forcing them to play a role in a bizarre game of deception. We should take this from the, a gentleman that, you know, was one of the founders of AI, worked, at least on Earth, at least, worked with uh, Carl Sagan, uh, many others, um, very top secret clearances with respects to UFOs and, and, and all of that, and a very, very intelligent individual. Anyways, let's take a look here. There's a very secret negative group codenamed the Chimera Group within the negative military which has come from Orion and has infiltrated militaries of all major nations during and after the Congo Archon invasion in 1996. This group secretly controls the vast majority of military bases all around the world, many of those bases belonging to the U.S. military. Okay, now we see here the constellation Orion. All right. Why is it that all pyramids on this planet point to the Orion constellation? Is it giving some type of electromagnetic energy or, you know, a fusion or power, if you will, that we are not familiar with? Does it power the moon with respect to energy harvesting? I bring all this up because if you delve into the details of it, there is uh, evidence to substantiate such, such questions I'm asking at the moment. But let's take a look. 
The Veil. This group includes the leaders of, of the Dark Forces. Excuse me. From the Andromeda Galaxy. They came to Earth in humanoid physical bodies 25,000 years ago and quarantined the planet. By the way, this would make sense before we go on if we uh, cross-reference this with the live stream I did about a week ago, if I'm not mistaken, pertaining to the Romanian Sphinx and the projection room. The last time that alleged projection room was updated was about 50,000 years ago. So clearly some larger beings, whether they're the Anunnaki, you name it, came here, stationed themselves here, maybe or maybe not had some contribution to developing us relative to differentiating us from primates, if you will, in our uh, evolutionary biology, then took off. They just left the planet. But let's take a look. They have built a scalar electromagnetic fence around the Earth called the Veil, effectively preventing positive ET contact and thus isolating humanity. Then they constructed a vast network of subterranean cities using draconians as slave handlers and reptilians as slaves and controlled the human population on the surface of the planet from there. For those who don't know, the alleged pecking order, if you want to call it, with respects to the way these... these um these uh these ET, these negative ETs work is that you have the grays at the, the zeta reticuli and grays at the very bottom the Orion uh, then above them you have the uh, Orion Draco group right more uh, advanced grays not so much um, uh, AI grays more sentient based grays although they still don't have a soul matrix allegedly although they at one point did that's for a different story then above them you have reptilian shapeshifters and above those reptilian shapeshifters you then have the alpha draconis which uh, i know sounds like something out of a movie think of the lizard uh, from the uh, the villain from spider-man literally something like that so, or uh, thanos if from the marvel movies something like this of the sort they very rarely uh, ever even come to earth earth excuse me then above the alpha draconis are allegedly the archons the interdimensional entities that feed off of such energies and they work in a way of what we would now know to be fractal physics or concentric circles relative to the control system some of these grays don't want to be in the control system but they have no choice uh, but but uh, but are forced to be in it because of the prolonged form of control and coercion that these Alpha Draconis imposed on them, same the same way in what they're doing to this planet now, allegedly. But let's take a look. They have built a scalar electromagnetic fence around the Earth called the Veil, effectively preventing positive ET contact and thus isolating humanity. Then, they constructed a vast network of subterranean cities using Draconians as slave handlers and reptilians as slaves, and controlled the human population on the surface of the planet from there. For those that are saying, oh my gosh, you know, how, how could there have been slaves? How do we have the proof of this? Well, just take a look at articles where there, you know, certain soldiers accidentally leave their Fitbits on and they're in the middle of Antarctica. Now, that might not be a slave base, if you will, but clearly there's something going on within Antarctica, the South China Sea, all these deep underground military bases connecting to subterranean global networks that is not being discussed and is attempted to be brushed off as well. These soldiers are just exercising in secret bases in Antarctica. So first off, you got secret bases in Antarctica that nobody knows about. Okay, fine. Even though that's not fine. <laughs> then on top of that, you have these soldiers, what, running in circles in hundreds of kilometers around the base? Going for a jog for hundreds of kilometers? That looks seems more like a slave-type labor, um, um, I guess you could say, uh, mechanism, if you will. Not so much they're going for a jog, but anyways. The Chimera Group has enforced secret agreements upon leaders of all national militaries worldwide to suppress and erase all traces of benevolent extraterrestrial contact. They're in contact with the main Archon and are heavily linked to the Jesuits and the NSA, the National Security Agency, which would make sense relative to there being different types of secret control mechanisms of extremely advanced holographs to 
intimidate people, you name it. They successfully infiltrated their agents in groups such as Cortium and the Labyrinth Group. All right. Th uh, through the main Archon, they have limited access to the Archons on the, on the etheric plane. Those etheric Archons enforce soul agreements on the members of the Cabal, forcing them to obey the Chimera Group. All right. If a certain member of the Cabal is removed, the etheric Archons simply find another host and enforce binding soul agreement upon him. All right. In the past, a certain positive group engaged long-range sharpshooters or snipers, literally, to remove certain members of the Cabal in their human form, and they were not successful because those Cabal members simply returned to the physical plane in a new cloned body, which was already prepared for them in a military base under surveillance of the, Ch the Chimera group. Okay, now what we'll see here is that the Chimera group put physical bombs, strange lit bombs inside most of U.S. military bases and military bases of other nations, and these bombs form the main line of defense against the advance of the Galactic Federation and resistance movement forces towards the surface of this planet. End quote. Before we go on, I know this might sound woo-woo or out there to some of you. Haida Shim. I hope I said his name right and I got it correct, but the former Israeli space defense minister who said aliens are humans are working with aliens on, on underground bases in Mars. Does that not seem like, again, underground bases, there's a war going on, factions are being destroyed, right? We see here, there is a full silent scale war ongoing between the positive military and the Chimera group worldwide. Now, I'm not um, obligated to stick by this label, the Chimera group. This could be the Archons. It's hard to say. This could be part of a disinformation campaign, misinformation campaign from within the intelligence community in an attempt to disseminate this and confuse us. But what we'll see here, after the Nazis uh, have lost World War II, they've been imported into the United States through Operation Paperclip, right? Although we could say they lost the war on the surface, the Nazis, but they did not lose the ideological war. Where they formed the backbone of the military-industrial complex... Of course, not just that, but, you know, um, space travel, uh, economics, you name it, finance, continued develop to develop their secret space program and started to build deep underground military bases financed with Yamashita gold. This makes sense because allegedly there was a whole bunch of gold that was buried. I'm not going to say by which agency or what you uh, you name it because... I have to be careful about what I say in this regard but with respect to what I was told, but the gold was buried because it was putting out too much gold into the market after the war would have, you know, just devalued the value of gold. But not only that, but the gold was radioactive. So they just buried it. It could be possible that this was the same gold used to finance the military bases in addition to that of black dr uh, uh, drug money that came a little bit later on with respects to Gary Nolan in the 1980s, Reagan, Iran, Contra, you name it. But take a look at this. After the Confederation has successfully decreased the yield of the bomb threat by almost 90%, the military-industrial complex became afraid and united their forces against the perceived threat from the tall whites. This was exactly as the Chimera group wanted, because now they had negative military united worldwide working on the common goal of maintaining the quarantine. Now we see here, the Black Sun and the Black Stone. The Chimera group worships the Black Sun, which is their symbol for the galactic central sun. Their leader is still in a possession of a single piece of the black stone, which is a lump of heavy top or anti-top cork condensate, hence in this title, cubes of graphene, black cubes of graphene. Have you folks seen graphene in any other freaking color than black? And if you have, I, I would stand corrected. Uh, genuinely, I say that, right? It was brought to Earth from Rigel in 1996. All right, the blacks, allegedly, Rigel is also where, according to Alex Collier, or Collier, again, depending on how seriously you take him, it's up to you. Don't let me influence your uh, opinion on him one way or the other. The moon was brought from Rigel, allegedly. Again, 
and uh, so you know as a, as a as a base surveillance base energy harvesting base you name it the black stone is the center of the primary cosmic anomaly of darkness and is far more dangerous than the strange lip bomb as top quarks are much heavier than the strange quarks End quote. Now, this is what gets interesting. Let's head over to mirror.co.uk. Uri Geller warns NASA to prepare for alien invasion after baffling discovery. This is what's interesting in my humble perspective, folks. You see Uri Geller right over here? He is the same individual who, if we do a quick search, by the way, sorry, this is the Crabwood image, my apologies. Let's do a quick search of Warner Von Braun from Operation Paperclip. All right, who was brought over to uh, to help with the secret space program and NASA and all of that, and Uri Geller. When Warner von Braun handed Uri Geller a piece of metal that is also detailed, uh, very vaguely though, in Report 13, right, saying, "Listen, Uri, I need you to help me here. It seems like this metal's breathing. It's alive. We can't figure it out." So he's looking into it. And now, interestingly enough, we see he's been on these NASA classified sites. It's not like he hasn't been. This is also the same gentleman who's allegedly able to bend uh, spoons and metal with his mind. We see here he's got the visitor tag. Warner Von Braun is right there. You name it, right? Anyways, let's take a look. Uri Geller warns NASA to prepare for alien invasion after baffling discovery. Uri Geller believes an energy source detected 4,000 light years away could be the chit-chat of superior beings from outer space, and he has now predicted a mass landing soon. Again, I'm not trying to make it seem like he's some prophet. Just because he worked with Warner Von Braun means he's going to be right. That's not what I'm trying to say here, folks. I'm saying let's look for the consistency and the connection of these data points, okay? We see over here. Take a look. He announced on Instagram, and I quote, A team mapping radio waves, and this is true, I fact-checked this, uh, in the universe has discovered something unusual that releases a giant burst of energy three times an hour, and it's unlike anything astronomers have seen before. Oh, how interesting. See, we see right over here. Astronomers spot spooky object never seen before sending mysterious uh, signals. Never seen before sending mysterious signals, excuse me. Alright, and look, an astronomer said, uh, Dr. Natasha Hurley Walker, it was kind of spooky for an astronomer because there's nothing known in the sky that does that. And it's really quite close to us, about 4,000 light years away. It's in our galactic backyard. It's a type of slowly spinning neutron star that has been predicted to exist theoretically, end quote. Oh, how convenient. It's been predicted to exist theoretically, isn't it? Right? We see over here, by the way, take a look at some of the uh, underground train systems that, uh, of the resistance of locations that have, they have taken out from the alleged Chimera group. White Sands, Nellis Air Force Base, Edwards Air Force Base, Wright-Patterson, Sandia, right? This is where allegedly the positive faction is winning relative to what's coming. Allegedly... This, uh, so to speak, I guess you could say this uh, anomaly, if you will, is the Galactic Federation signaling it's on its way. And by the way, we can, prov we can substantiate the um, influence of these bases within not just the United States and Europe, but, um, but within uh, other parts of the world as well. Being controlled from a different faction, not aliens or, uh, or otherwise, but we can tell that there's a different form of control thanks to this leaked RAND Corporation document. Anyone who's, you know... Um, Familiar with EGNG, the Rand Corporation, creepy stuff if you want to call it. But anyways, this is the link right here. Sources are in the description for those on YouTube watching if you would like to see. Now, we see again, Jack Valet. Human beings are under the control of a strange force that bends them in absurd ways, forcing them to play a role in a bizarre game of deception. What we have to then take a look at right over here is BentLights.com. Telepathy is a form of quantum communication. 
Oh, how interesting. And what I'm going to be presenting to you folks now is the revelation of some of these new findings. I say that with air quotes. No disrespect to the scientists that are doing legitimate work on the surface level, not aware of the secrets of all this. But again, using advanced quantum communication technology light particles, according to bentlights.com, in the human brain can be entangled. Once entangled, outside sources can then input data into the brain. Is that not tell uh, quantum? Uh, is that not tell? Uh, uh, excuse me. Telepathy. I was going to say teleportation. Excuse me. Telepathy. Seems like it. I mean, there's even some images here showing the way in which the neurons would be able to have information put into them. A neuron, also known as nerve cells, is an electrically excitable cell that receives, processes, and transmits information through electrical and chemical signals. Isn't it also the same gentleman as we see over here, Jacques Vallée, that said very recently he believes that we are living in what's called an information structure? Whatever you want to call it, mind control grid, project blue beam, information structure, extremely advanced vibrational states in which are not even physical but appear to be physical. Think about it, folks, which going back to the example I gave at the very beginning of this episode when Jordan Peterson said to Joe Rogan, the test subjects at these universities coming off their psychedelic experiences, excuse me, said... You don't get it. Those experiences were more real than what I'm having with you right now. Because we may be under the control of this chimera group or whatever you want to call it. Interestingly enough, speaking of telepathy being a form of quantum communication, again, OregonWaterResearch.blogspot.com, Luke Montagnier, the same Nobel Prize winner that was mentioned by Dr. Robert Malone on Joe Rogan very recently, again, according to a team headed by Mr. Montagnier, previously known for his work on HIV and AIDS, Take a look here. Let's zoom in. Two test tubes, one of which contained a tiny piece of bacterial DNA, the other pure water, were surrounded by a weak electromagnetic field of 7 hertz. Again, before I go on, the number 7. The 7 chakras, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm honestly just trying to make uh, um, data points connect when, uh, when the information presents itself to us. But from there, it's up to us as a community to, to use process of elimination to go, okay, is this something, you know, 7 hertz, 7 chakras, you know, the whole thing, or maybe not. 18 hours later, after DNA amplification using a polyamorous chain reaction, as if by magic, the DNA was detectable in the test tube containing pure water. Oddly, the d original DNA sample had to be diluted many times over for the experiment to work, which might explain why the phenomenon has not been detected before, assuming that this is what has happened. The phenomenon might be very loosely described as teleportation, except that the bases project or imprint themselves across space rather than simply moving from one place to another. Alright, the quantum effect... The imprinting of the DNA on the water is not in itself the most contentious element of the experiment so much as the relatively long timescales over which it appears to manifest itself. All right, Quantum phenomena are assumed to show their faces in imperceptible fractions of a second and not seconds, minutes, and hours, and usually at very low temperatures approaching absolute zero. End quote. Again, no peer-reviewed journal will publish this. No, uh, uh, you know, academic scientist will say, okay, let's conduct this experiment again and let's categorize it. Let's explain it. Let's go to the media. Let's talk about it. No, because it will add or, or give a little bit of that access point to what they, when I say they, different elitist, uh, I guess you could say ET-controlled factions in many regards, sadly, but truthfully, don't want this to come out. However, take a look at this right over here independent.co.uk two days ago as of the day i'm recording this scientists break through major milestone in harnessing fusion energy 
process uses materials found in seawater to produce energy like a star. How interesting and convenient. Why do I say that? How many years did we hear that for, for how long? Nuke, nuclear uh, fission, nuclear fusion, all of that. It doesn't work. It, it, we can't, we can't you know, run a country off nuclear power because it would create, it would allow each country to become independent in and of itself. Why is this article coming out of the mainstream media? Because I do believe this is representative. This article here is representative of a benevolent faction as we read relative to the, the dialogue of the timeline and chronology of the Chimera group being removed slowly but surely, as good uh, benevolent ETs try to use the media in a good way to imprint into the masses subconsciously that there may be some type of positive breakthrough. And we know this because, or well, we could presume this rather, not know, excuse me, if we go to fizz.org, this was just a handful of days ago as of the day I'm recording this episode, if launched by 2028... And I quote, a spacecraft could catch up with Oumuamua in 26 years. All right, which is that interstellar object in, 20, uh, in October 2017 that Harvard astronomer Avi Loeb said may not be so anomalous and may not be so random after all, maybe an alien spacecraft. This is all part of that narrative in my humble perspective of a benevolent or good faction trying to disseminate the disclosure of extraterrestrial revelations to us. But because Earth, part of my English, is such a beautiful freaking shit show, so to speak, with respects to different ETs trying to gain control over this planet, it's hard to say what's occurring. Now, I could be wrong. This could be, uh, this, this whole dissemination and narrative could appear to be positive, but is really negative. It's very possible, right? And I say that because if we go to mysteriousuniverse.org, this was published in 2016, Earth must be warned. Astronauts caution surfaces again. All right. Claudie, uh, Claudie André Deschaise was born in 1957. She's a rheumatologist, has a Ph.D. in neuroscience and certificates in biology, sports medicine, aviation and space medicine. All right. Okay. In 1993, she was a backup crew member for the 1993 Mir Altair mission, which included her future husband, Jean-Pierre Hagnier. All right. Now we see here. Um, she became the first European woman to visit the International Space Station in 2001 as part of the Andromeda mission. All right. I mean, Andromedans, Andromeda. Notice the naming of these projects seem to be quite interesting. Anyways, take a look at this right over here. On December 23, 2008, it was widely reported that Dr. Hanier was rushed to the hospital after allegedly taking an overdose of sleeping pills. This is usually when, again, the negative entity or factions are able to brush this off as just oh she was a, an addict or something like this it was reported that she was found conscious but had to be restrained while screaming quote earth must be warned all right she then recovered and blamed the in blamed the incident on burnout syndrome all right and i'm not trying to again people i, I myself i just freaking had a mental breakdown a few days ago to, if i'm being totally honest with you folks uh i'm trying to be as honest about it as i can it's, I'm not trying to judge her for having a breakdown. What I'm trying to say is that could that breakdown have disseminated something in her mind that should not have been said? And then all of a sudden, allegedly, allegedly, she's being told by lawyers to say, oh, you know, I, I, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Instead of saying some, something like, you know, I may have had a breakdown, but it's true. It's, I mean, there, there's something bad coming that I am possibly vaguely familiar with, and I want to warn everybody, right? Now, look at this. Just yesterday, this came out. Thank you, Rena, for uh, pointing this out to me. Manchester.ac.uk. Cosmic physics mimicked on tabletop as graphene enables the Schwinger effect. 
okay? An international research team led by the University of Manchester has succeeded in observing the so-called Schwinger effect, an elusive process that normally occurs only in cosmic events. By applying high currents through specially designed graphene-based devices, the team based at the National Graphene Institute, succeeded in producing particle-antiparticle pairs from a vacuum. Now, this is when it's going to get interesting. Sorry, let me just make sure I'm recording. Yes. A vacuum is assumed to be completely empty space without any matter or elementary particles. For those on the Patreon, you'll know very strongly we talked about interphasic space recently, where it could be vacuum could vacuums could be that of other parallel uh, dimensions, other universes, or could be truly empty space. It was, however, it was predicted by Nobel laureate Julian Schwinger 70 years ago, by the way, Luke, Mr. Luc Montagnier is also a Nobel laureate, that intense electric or magnetic fields can break down the vacuum and spontaneously create elementary particles. Interesting, isn't it? That there have been factories in the past with, that, that produce extremely high amounts of electricity and uh, tape and things like this that create uh, anomalous force fields and all the workers have to go home. And then every, you know, then the, the case is covered up very quickly and quietly and strongly. Now we see here, this requires truly cosmic strength fields such as those around magnetars or created transitorily during high energy collisions of charged nuclei. All right. Now what we'll see here is that exceptionally strong electric fields. In the January 2022 issue of Science, they report specially designed devices such as narrow constrictions and super lattices made from graphene, which allowed the researchers to achieve exceptionally strong electric fields in a simple tabletop setup. Spontaneous production of electron and hole pairs was clearly observed. Holes are a solid state analog of subatomic particles called positrons, and the process's details uh, agreed well with theoretical predictions. End quote. Now, cross-reference this, by the way, with another leading contributor, Dr. Roshan Krishna Kumar from the Institute of Photonic Sciences, with that of which is right here, phe.rockefeller.edu, uh, -E DNA barcoding. All right. Now, quote, while DNA barcoding... Uh, typically involves collecting tissue from which one extracts relevant DNA. We have become increasingly interested in the loose DNA in water, aquatic eDNA, and especially the loose DNA in seawater, marine eDNA, end quote. The Rockefellers, you know, allegedly had full-on control of the CIA, you name it, with the Dolls Brothers and all that. How beautiful, and I'm being sarcastic here, when you see DNA, graphene, nanotech, barcoding, all of that associated with the Rockefeller name. That's it, folks. Let's, you know, close our, you know, close up shop. That's it. Rockefeller's got it. It's all good. We're set. This is the thing. And I'm being sarcastic there, obviously. This is the thing that frightens me, so to speak, folks. So with that being said, we then jump on over to mirror.co.uk. Woman who has daily alien encounters says blue skinned creatures are testing the waters. She said, again, using that whole concept of quantum communication or a.k.a. quote unquote telepathy. Right. Or, as we said at the beginning of this episode, relative to the example I gave with Jordan Peterson saying to Joe Rogan, many test subjects, all of them, as a matter of fact, at John Hopkins and Harvard and all that funded, ironically, allegedly by Rockefeller said, you don't get it. The conversations I had with those beings were more real than the ones here. So we'll see here. This lady, Lily Nova, said, quote, My first encounter with aliens and UFOs was very intense. I went outside for some fresh air one night and I immediately locked eyes with a bright light hovering over the neighborhood. 
I could actually see the triangular shape of the craft. The UFOs did some impressive maneuvers to show me that it wasn't a regular aircraft before they disappeared above me. These are her photos, right? Now, again, she's taken multiple of them. She then said it's become a constant occurrence. One, uh, she also said, during my encounters, I have also been able to see what the beings look like. One of the first beings I saw was a girl with light blue skin. She had no hair, but she was very beautiful. She was wearing a skin-tight gray suit, and I saw her shipmates standing behind her in the same uniform. Again, it's possible it could be the Andromedans. Um, she says she's also seen another group of beings with light blonde hair, fair and glowing skin, and bright blue eyes. She goes, I believe they send images of themselves to me through telepathy. I think they are easing me into an introduction as it would be such a shop shocking experience for any human to have an alien just walk up to you, which makes sense. Um, she says here that a lot of her experiences have in fact been emotional. Again, I'm just scrolling through for those on YouTube that see it visually. The picture's taken, right? So it's not like, I mean, again, we can attempt to debunk the pictures and all that, but it's getting to the point where, I mean, whether it's TikTok, you name it all over the place, people are seeing these sightings day in, day out. Now, let's jump on over, excuse me, to newatlas.com. Anti-aging vaccine clears out dysfunctional cells that cause disease. Now, you might be saying, Dave, what does this have to do with, again, the visitation of these aliens visiting this woman relative to what I just mentioned in the Daily Mirror article there, uh, excuse me, or the... Um, uh, the mirror article these beings seem to be inserting themselves to, to certain individuals that are very peaceful very calm very blissful during certain experiences in certain parts of the world because they're utilizing something called the zone of proximal development and we'll break that down very shortly but what they're attempting to do is communicate with certain humans that may in fact be able to i mean literally not just astrally but literally leave this planet if that makes sense during uh, depending on what occurs between these different f factions and i don't believe there's just uh, two one versus the other, so to speak. I believe it's very political with respect to different ET factions uh, vying over the, the force of the Earth, so to speak, right? Now, we see here, the zone of proximal development, according to Wikipedia, is the distance between what a learner is not currently capable of doing unsupported and what they can do unsupported, all right? So, essentially, what it does is that it... it it's a knowledge-based system of tests that uses... Um, a form of different testing systems to gauge a student's intelligence, if you will. And again, just like the pattern of reinforcement as described by, uh, you know, Jacques Vallée again, these beings seem to be doing that with this woman right over here. And I'm sure she's not the only one, by the way, for the record. Now, one of the final things I want to mention, and by the way, this anti-aging will be introduced to those that are, you know, at a form of peacefulness and bliss where we may not have to, you know, worry about living only 60, 70, 80, 90 years in our physical human form. It may in fact be a matter of literal like hundreds of years of living and this is some of that dissemination of impl implementing it into our mind because again it's being implemented into that of a mainstream media outlet so to speak now we take a look over here fizz.org nano architected material refracts light backward an important step toward creating photonic circuits photons teleportation graphene manifestation demanifestation remanifestation why does it all have to do with photons a newly and i quote created nano architected material exhibits a property that previously was just the just theoretically possible oh how convenient it's all coming out now right just like that nuclear article oh now we can harness nuclear energy oh how beautiful how convenient it can refract light backward regardless of the angle at which the light strikes the material this property is known is 
excuse me, is known as negative refraction. And it means that the refractive index, the speed that light can travel through a given material, is negative across a portion of the electromagnetic spectrum at all angles. All right? Think of the way a straw in a glass of water appears shifted to the side, or the way lenses in eyeglasses focus light. But negative refraction does not just involve shifting light a few degrees to one side. Rather, the light is sent in an angle completely opposite from the one at which it entered the material. All right. Only now have a fabrication process have fabrication processes have caught up to the theory to make negative ref refraction, excuse me, a reality. End quote. Again, it's so interesting to see that this is all coming out now quite conveniently, right? Then we see over here, techexplore.com. 2D materials could be used to simulate brain synapses in computer. These conflicting articles, in my humble perspective, folks, are a battle. A battle between, I guess you, I don't want to say good versus bad, Galactic Federation or Light Federation, light workers versus darkness or controllers, oppressors. I don't want to make it black and white because who am I to say? But what I see here is a battle with respects to the mainstream media trying to attempt to implant things into our minds via that of a human angle that may be influenced by ETs without the humans putting out these articles even realizing, right? I see here, for example, to me, this, this article translates to teleportation's possible. You know, there's ways that we can enter different states of consciousness, you name it. It's all about how it's used at the end of the day as well. But then, boom, shortly after article comes out, we can simulate brain synapses in computers. That's that AI angle, that the non-synthetics, um, that the AI beings, the draconians, the uh, large factions of them, because I don't want to put them all into one bucket, are trying to insist onto us for. Now, for those that have stuck around to the very end of this episode, there's one final thing I would like to show you, folks. Reptile badge. Take a look at this. This is quite interesting. We will see right over here. Uh, give me one second, folks, actually. Oh, excuse me, folks. Actually, let me do it right here. Pardon me. I will be heading to our Telegram to give you folks a little bit of a preview of some of the things that we put out for our members only. But we will see right over here. Uh, if you take a look. All right. I put this on the Telegram the other day. This is a badge. All right. We see over here with respects to the, the um, you know, the NRO, with respects to many different agencies within the United States government. And in Latin, it says, Omnis Vestri Substructico, S Servus Ad Noris. All right. Now, Latin could be translated in a handful of different ways and interpreted in different ways. Granted, I understand that. But first off, we see a reptile controlling all of Earth. In some translations, this particular meaning on the badge translates to all your base are servants to us. Now, yes, I know it's just a badge, but there are lots of them with reptiles on them and many different things. That, that are very, very, I guess you could say, frightening, if you will, if that makes sense, in a way of when you think about the, the ideological um, implications relative to that of what seems to be occurring. However, with that being said, folks, thank you so, so very much for watching or listening. We have a members episode coming out very shortly on Patreon for the members. We'll catch you all very, very soon. Cheers.